We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And it's basketball. Actually, it's Olympic season. Olympic, uh, yeah. But which basketball is not an Olympic sport, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a oh, there's it, a there's a. Team. I've <laughs> so many other sports that I don't know anything about. But uh, in addition to that, Space Jam: A New Legacy just came out, so we decided to take a look back at the 2002 comedy fantasy, like Mike. Mm, mm-hmm. In so much as to say. Similar to Mike. You have no idea. Grayson, so listeners of this podcast, for the first time, some would call that a first-time listener. What we tend to do on the podcast is we look at popular movie releases that are being made currently in whatever present time is. And then we try to find a movie that has some loose tangent to it. So we picked Like Mike because, you know, it's a basketball movie. Uh, And we had already done Space Jam. So Correct. So go, go listen that to that episode. if yeah. you were very disappointed that we didn't review Space Jam. It's just that we have done it before. But also the Olympics. I think it works for the Olympics. And just like the actual Olympics, we're doing this episode later than we intended. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. we're, we're like a week or two behind where we should be. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're, we're going to catch up eventually. Uh, so Space Jam originally was a movie based off of a popular commercial starring Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Like Mike is a movie that is titled after a famous commercial slogan starring Michael Jordan. Oh. So Gatorade uh, back in the day did a series of commercials called Be Like Mike. Uh, and in 1992, uh, it was arguably the most famous ad. Uh, and the commercial made by Gatorade compels viewers to be like Mike. Uh, and it became so ubiquitous that in 2002, a basketball movie starring Bow Wow was titled Like Mike. Mm, uh, I love it. And so this movie is about Lil Bow Wow, who we will get into later. Uh, but if you don't remember him, he was a very popular young rapper who turned actor, turned basketball star kind of thing. And it's it's so crazy because Space Jam took Michael Jordan, who's a basketball, and turned him into an actor. There were just so many similarities. I didn't realize how on point we would be. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know. And even, you know, I'm going down the rabbit hole now, but Bow Wow, formerly Lil Bow Wow, yep. is Shad Moss, who uh, you know, has been in several Fast and the Furious movies. Yes, he so, has. This look, is look how on it. <laughs> look, look how on it. Still like six weeks behind, I think, for that movie. But yeah, 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 yeah. Look how on it. <laughs> so let's go into our review. But first, let's take a look back at how this movie uh, kind of came into fruition. So uh, I did some research. There's not a ton of information about this movie being made, but I watched a couple of behind-the-scenes featurettes, uh, and the writer of the movie, Michael Elliott, um, he kind of came up with this concept, and he had been writing in Hollywood for about four years, and then his script sold for $500,000, 
and then they went in uh, with Lil Bow Wow, who at the time had an amazing uh, like rap career. I mean, he still is active just as Bow Wow. Uh, has his own clothing line. He has been um, in several movies. Uh, he was in, uh, like, I remember him in being in Roll Bounce. Uh, he had some cameos in some other movies when he was younger. But uh, Like Mike was his uh, film debut as a star leading actor. Uh, and it was it was just really cool to see him because I was a big fan of Bow Wow's music. Uh, he had, uh, he was a featured rapper on... Um, uh, Jumpin' Jumpin' by Destiny's Child. Uh, he had his, uh, I want to say his more, most popular uh, debut uh, single was Bounce With Me. Uh, All I want to do is see you bounce with me, bounce with me. And if you grew up in 1998, you will remember that and you'll start doing a little bounce. Uh, Another basketball <laughs> reference because as we all know. Yeah. Oh, one basketball's bounce. Uh, and he was young. Like he was very, very young. Like that was his big thing. He actually started rapping uh, at the age of six under the moniker Kid Gangsta. Uh, but in 1993, he performed at a concert in Los Angeles uh, and was noticed by rapper Snoop Dogg, who subsequently gave him his stage name, Lil Bow Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So that's that's really interesting because I saw the comment about uh, Snoop Dogg's little brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go down the rabbit hole of IMDb, I think that's twice I've said rabbit hole now. I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> um, it's unnecessary. <laughs> Unless we were doing like um, Space Jam, Space Jam, exactly. <laughs> um, so I didn't know I didn't know that backstory to it. What I found really interesting was that uh, Michael Elliott, you said, presented the story, but the screenplay was by Jordan Moffat, which means together they are Michael Jordan. So it's there. I think in, that's early lunch. Credits, uh, <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Uh, and so then the movie, uh, like Mike, was made, and it has a ton of really great uh, actors in it. You have Morris Chestnut, uh, Jonathan Lipnicki, Crispin Glover, Eugene Levy, Robert Forrester. Uh, Brenda Song. Brenda's song, and, um, and I mean, it's, there are a lot, and like a lot of prominent early two thousands NBA players. Um, I mean, NBA have- and SNL, which was bizarre to get like two <laughs> seconds of Fred Armisen. <laughs> Like, uh, was there a deleted scene or it yeah. was insane? <laughs> I was like, what? Wait, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, and a secret uh, Reginald Vell Johnson appearance, which just, you know, made my heart sing. Uh, basketball players who I recognize from that era uh, was Allen Iverson, uh, Dirk Nowinski, mm-hmm. uh, and the end. Uh, uh, Jason Kidd, Jason Kidd. Now, well, yeah, you had Dirk in there, but now uh, Jason Kidd, who uh, a little bow wow has the great burn of, oh, I'm the kid. Look at the back of your jersey. Um, uh, is now the coach of the Mavericks. Oh no so way! It all, it all Look at that. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, we're Dallas based. Yeah. Okay. DFW. As the extent of our sports knowledge. And it okay. ends there. Uh, so the movie did very well. Uh, this was uh, actually released uh, by NBA Entertainment uh, and distributed through 20th Century Fox. Uh, but with a budget of $30 million, it went on to make $62 million in the box office. Uh, and 
it did pretty well. I mean, well enough to spin off a direct-to-DVD sequel called Like Mike Colon. Actually, no, it was Like Mike 2 colon Streetball uh, just uh, four years later. And, uh, and it has a very similar premise, except, you know, they took it to the streets, as a lot of sequels do. And uh, and that was kind of the, uh, the, the beginning, middle, and end of Like Mike. Now, Grayson, it's been a while. I mean, you know, longer than just, you know, us having a very long hiatus. But it's been a while since we had a movie that was fresh... From the YMCA Criterion Collection. Oh, thank goodness. But here we are. Uh, So Like Mike was a movie that I not only remember watching in theaters, but also watching at the YMCA several summers. Uh, And it was a movie that we all really liked. Because, you know, uh, 2002, uh, I think I was like a preteen or maybe just hitting the teen. Uh, But Mm -hmm. like, this movie was... Just about every teenager's wish fulfillment coming true because, you know, you have movies like Blank Check uh, or Richie Rich uh, where you're just like imagining like, oh, look, what if a kid actually got to do this thing? And then you kind of imagine it through this story. And so then you get like Mike, which I, you know, still shaking off the dust. Let me give you a synopsis of it. Uh, So like Mike is a movie that centers all around a an orphan boy named Calvin Cambridge uh, who gets basketball talents after finding a pair of uh, or an alleged pair of Michael Jordan's old shoes. Uh, And so Calvin and his best friend Murph, played by Jonathan Lipnicki, and Reg Stevens, played by Brenda Song, uh, they live in an orphanage and they encounter uh, the L.A. Knights, the fictional L.A. Knights uh, of, and then Basically, coincidence and opportunities ensue, and Bow Wow, aka Calvin Cambridge, plays NBA league basketball for a full season thanks to those magic shoes. And so, uh, we watch this movie a lot. Uh, basketball, uh, still to this day, has I don't know how or why, but it has this staying power of even for someone who is not athletic like myself i still wanted to be really good at basketball (laughs) yeah it's just like it's that one it's one of those sports where uh it's accessible you just need a ball really uh anything can become a a net or a basket and the you just need to be able to you know everyone is trying to be like mike when you're playing basketball and so i i really love this movie because i'm like yeah, like if that were me, I'd be I'd be so cool because the magic shoes would be doing the heavy lifting. Yeah, and you mentioned the the Knights. What happened there? Because all of the other teams are the real teams. Did the Lakers just take a pass and say we're cuz they're playing out of the Staples Center in LA. We know who they're supposed to be. What was the the evolution of that conversation? My understanding is probably the same uh, thing that happened with um, not including the Wizards. Because Michael Jordan was playing in the NBA during that season. Uh, and they never played the Wizards. So I'm going to guess money. Uh, money and yeah. availability. Well, I could also see... 
Yeah, availability is a big one, but I could also see both Michael Jordan and the Lakers not wanting to craft a narrative that like shoes are the secret to their entire winning seasons. Um, I get that, but it was weird where like everyone else is real, uh, and then you have this this fake team, right? But then that also brings up questions about like you're not going to have like I don't know who it was at the time, but like Phil Jackson. Mm -hmm you know, playing himself as the lead coach, you're going to get Robert Forster who is known for acting um, or like bring in Morris Chestnut. Right. Yeah, yeah. Morris Chestnut as a, a basket, as one of their main players, I also think was something that gave them more freedom to kind of craft their own uh, narrative of what team they wanted to play for. Uh, that's why Michael Jordan joined the Toon Squad and not just yeah. the Bulls with, all right. of the uh, Looney Tunes just taking on different uh, positions from everyone. Because it does get a little odd when you create these narratives about real people and make claims about their life, like their relationship with their kids, for instance. <laughs> and you're like, how much of this is true? None of it. They're cartoons. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I understand it. It was just that was the cognitive disconnect of what else is different in this world. Um, right. It's a world where Fred Armisen isn't as famous as we know him to be. Is what I yeah, doesn't realized. even get a line. No line, just, just gets... looking into the camera. Yeah. Yeah. But this movie had so much heart to it, and I kept getting the feeling that this was really a reaction of, like, Angels in the Outfield meets yeah. Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah. Meets Shazam. <laughs> meets Space Jam. Yes. There's that... a lot of that. And I was like, oh, it's it works. It really works. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because when I was rewatching this movie, actually, let me ask you this before I just start blabbing on about my memories. Yeah. Is, is this your first time watching this? It was my first time to watch it. Yeah. And I didn't, it was nothing like I expected it to be. Oh, what, um, what did you expect it to be? I thought it was going to be more about like actively working to get better at basketball. <laughs> Like training to be like Mike. I had no idea about the magic shoes or any of that. And so I was like, oh, that's fun. That immediately takes us into a different world. And I was still, yeah. spoiler alert for like Mike, I was still expecting the entire way through for him to discover it wasn't the shoes. Um, which is crazy because like he, he has a vertical six times his height and all that. I don't know why in my head I was like, he just had to believe that he had a crazy high vertical. Um, and there's a little bit of that to a more believable degree, but they really are magically imbued uh, for him, specifically for him. And I think that's uh, that's really sweet. So it's kind of like uh, the computer who wore tennis shoes, except it's the computer who made free throws. And I just wasn't expecting that. I thought it was a practice basketball movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's 100% the shoes. Mm -hmm. and, and that's like that because uh, that's what it felt like. Because I uh, this is also just to uh, insert myself firmly into this timeline. Uh, I remember in high school, I had a pair of Allen Iverson uh, sneakers that were like leather and they like had, they, they were white and they zipped up. Um, and it, like whenever you like had those kinds of shoes, like you really felt like you were like your swagger was a little bit different and you kind of felt a little bit more confident. So, yeah, like I 
I resonate with that, especially with, uh, uh, you know, like Michael Jordan's real life routines of just like, you know, I need I need my shorts. I've always, you know, I, I never play without them or that kind of thing. Like you have those different rituals that you kind of make your own. So I was, you know, 100 percent about that. Yeah. 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 No, I, I really enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. And I love that he never stops being a fan. Right. Right. He never gets too cool for school or any of that, which. I feel is the natural progression of that story where like he loses himself, but mm-hmm. Lil Bow Wow and the the character of Calvin is so immediately likable. I like that. We never have to, we're never put in a position to like dislike the kid, uh, which I, I thought was a really strong move. And ultimately he has his own superpowers, right? Like he's an incredible strategist and I could see him coaching and doing all that kind of stuff. So it's not, it's not like he was totally inept and the shoes turned him into a different person. They just allowed him to do the things that his brain knew he could do or should do, and they they allowed his body to just follow suit. And I thought that was really good. It was kind of like that you know, deserving of power feel. Mm. Again, thought he was just going to have a bunch of montages. <laughs> Didn't realize the montage was going to be room service related. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. And Ricky, can I can I just say? Oh yeah. We have seen a lot of Crispin Glover roles on this podcast. A lot of them. Oh yeah, yeah. We started with one. Very first episode was Back to Mm -hmm. the Future. Back to the Future and Yeah, we've gone uh, through I mean we we even saw him rip people's hair out and rub it on his face. Yeah, Charlie's Charlie's Angels. Angels. And yet this is the creepiest role. We have seen him in. I've yeah never hated him more than when he was burning the picture. Uh, and I mean, it's a testament to his acting, I suppose, yeah. his characterization of it. I was furious oh, with yeah. this character. I, it's one of the evilest things I can imagine to burn the f- only photo of an orphan's mother. Oh my! How do you even write that? So I don't, I I don't know hmm. I. I would not let that pin hit the paper, but they, but he, and he took it there. And I watched this dude in Willard. Um, yeah. and, right. And, and, and let me tell you, this is worse because he's just like so, uh, yeah, his performance as the villain. Cause I didn't, I thought the bully was gonna be the villain. Oh, Jesse uh, Clemens. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. But like, it was him and he was just, taking advantage of this kid and his fame and every line that he delivered um was believable uh and and he's he's just he's a, a, just a solid performer and i really really appreciate how awful he was so uh, angry at his character all the way through which is why i i mean i guess it's like kids has to be kids accessible and they they went as close as they could to <laughs> To just be able to say, yeah, he got straight up murdered by his bookies. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to see it, really. I just wanted to see underwater shot, him floating there with like a chess piece come out of his hand. <laughs> I just needed that closure because I I really despised this character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. Uh, he was good at being bad for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, uh, before we kind of go into our next segment, Grayson, I did want to ask, uh, was there – uh, any celebrity, and it doesn't have to be a sports celebrity, uh, that you wanted to be like when you were growing up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a toss-up. <laughs> hey, look at that. Do they call it a toss-up? Jump ball. Between um, uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld and Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. Uh, for sure. I probably, probably favors Steve Martin because mm-hmm. uh, I would do the little arrow through the head and I'd do the... <laughs> I'd like to, I didn't have a white suit, but I would like do the dance and King Tut and all that and do the routine when I was a kid and just listen to his records just in the background eventually, like they were music because I had heard them so many times. So yeah, I definitely wanted to be um, like Steve. Yeah. Believe, believe like Steve. Believe like Steve. Start, starting to be Martin. Oh, that's good. (laughs) All right. I think we have a. A spiritual sequel, the like Mike. <laughs> who did you who who did you want to be like? Oh man, Will Smith. Like, yeah. well, it, it was a combination because, like, I mean, celebrity wise, it was Will Smith. Um, otherwise, it was like, oh, oh, ooh, oof, I'm taking it back because it was somewhere between Jim Carrey and Will Smith. Those are my two toss ups, uh, just because I loved. Like I, Will Smith was cool, just undeniably cool. I'm just like, man, how does he do it? And I like memorized his songs and his music. Um, and then later in life, uh, it would probably be Chris Rock, but like probably in this age, it was between is probably Will Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. but younger, I think it was is 100% Jim Carrey, just because I loved, yeah. I just loved how. Seeing Jim Carrey on screen, it's just like, wait a second, you can be silly professionally. Like he just, he just uh, opened up, and, and I'm sure this is, I, I'm not unique in that, but I, I know there are so many people who are just like, yep, that guy. He uh, he just gave us all a permission slip, and we're sorry for all the educators who will eventually send us to detention for trying to be just like jim carrey yeah and then the majestic comes out and you're like you can be serious and funny yeah oh man yeah Yeah. truman uh there's one more aspect of this movie that really just stressed me out Mm -hmm. it's the paint fight right like paint 100 in the pool on the windows that and here's the thing because i lived through this fashion era um, at this time, Morris Chestnut is wearing just like a head to toe kind of like suede like jumpsuit. Yeah, he was upset when it got that wet. Paint, it, yeah, right. What? That paint's not coming out. Like he's that outfit's deleted. Okay, <laughs> he just has to. It's like, well, if this was thousands of dollars, I just threw it down the drain because none of this is uh, cleanable. Yeah. Like no dry cleaner would look at this and say. Yeah, sure. Like ah, paint fight. We'll get this out one hundred percent. Yeah, go to your clueless interface, find the outfit, drag to trash. <laughs> drag to trash. Now, an uh, interesting thing about uh, like Mike that I learned was uh, one of the basketball references that they made in the movie. Uh, so, uh, you know, technically they have like technicals, mm-hmm. like uh, people get technical fouls, which are you know, yeah. weighted more. They're kind of like a, the snitch versus a quaffle kind of thing. Uh, but one call that they made 
which I was very surprised that they did in, you know, this movie, uh, was headcanon! Headcanon. Headcanon is a basketball move where you actually um, have to make Stick a, your head through the your net. head has it's to crazy. go through. The- Traverse the plane <laughs> of netness. Yeah, if your if your head touches the net, it, you, you are automatically disqualified. It's kind of like getting the eight ball before you get the other. Uh, so, mm. also, coincidentally, Headcanon is a part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Now, Grayson, I want you to go first because yeah. there's one point in time in the movie where I thought, I think I know what Grayson's headcanon is going to be. Yeah, and I just possible. wonder if he's gonna if he's gonna take it. To this level. So I want you to go first. I mean, mine's fairly simple and straightforward. It's just that Reginald Val Johnson and his entire family went through the Stefan Urkel machine and moved to Bel Air. <laughs> Left to oh. Chicago, I think, and moved to Bel Air, which is also kind of why they move in that like automatronic way that their oh. subconscious is pushing through of who they used to be. Anyway. I think, and I think Carl Winslow discovered the machine, yeah, and then just forced them through it. Real, real disturbing when you think about the logistics of how that would have happened. But yeah. they're all Stefan or Keld against their will. Wow. That's my head cannon. That just the most tangential to, and this isn't as much a head cannon as it is like a scene I wish we had seen or thought we were going to see. This came out at a time where you had to show all the bloopers during the credits. Right. But if there had been a post-credit scene, uh, I wanted to see the Boyds still waiting for Calvin in the parking lot, <laughs> just like sun up. Game another game has started. Yep, and like, man, he has taken his time, and they just stay there forever. Oh, that's great. Oh man, that's solid. But yeah, what did you what did you think I was gonna head Kenan? I, Grayson, I thought that you this, this you were as soon as he got electrocuted that the rest of the movie is him navigating through the afterlife oh yes there is that i tried to go the batman villain route with crispin glover but i then was thinking too much about that character and went away from it and when he gets electrocuted and you know crispin glover's there in the he's like sleeping and all that i was like oh maybe there's like a, a doc brown connection from when that oh. happens, but please, I don't want to force fit a headcanon. That's not us. It's not what we do here. Not how we do it. Not the way Reginald Bell Johnson force fit his family through that Stefan Urkel machine. That's what we're all about. No, I really love that idea. Oh, that this all just exists as like a a backdoor Stefan Urkel family matters where basically it's inverse. Oh man, I would love to watch that series. And he's and then he approaches Calvin and he's like, you know, you can be like Mike in so many ways. And then he goes through the machine and Michael Jordan comes out. But with the voice of Lil Bow Wow. I love it. I absolutely love it. That's solid. Great. Uh so my headcanon is largely um kind of similar to what you were saying earlier just about the thought that like oh this is about believing in yourself um but it's mm. it is largely that because like mike too i think follows a very similar i don't know if it's actually supposed to be the same pair of shoes even though like you know last time we saw them they were like shredded uh but 
I love the idea that Michael Jordan's um, apparel is somehow enchanted. Do you remember the early 2000s Disney Channel original series called The Jersey? Oh, yeah. So if you don't remember The Jersey, uh, it was about this. uh, So like most things, I'm going to use this through um, references that only people from the early 2000s would understand. It was almost like Touched by an Angel meets Quantum Leap because... (laughs) but for kids uh and sports so the jersey was a 1999 series uh all about these kids uh, a group of friends become famous athletes thanks to a magic jersey and so it's like this old school like early uh football just like giant h sweater um looking jersey that basically these kids could wear and then they would be transported in like quantum leap into all of these other athletes' lives, and then they will learn some kind of weird lesson that the jersey wanted to teach them. So, my headcanon is that all of Michael Jordan's uh, previous apparel uh, has that ability, uh, and so. Like anyone, so long as they know that I think it has to be struck by lightning because that was something that I did not remember from the first time I watched it. I was like, wait a second. Is the lightning the thing that made it like wishable? Yeah. Uh, And so basically uh, someone just, you know, lightnings or um, doesn't include a dryer sheet on the wash load of the clothes and it has some static electricity to it. Uh, But something like that happens where they actually do get to experience something like um, Mike's abilities and that that also is true with any athlete. We we hard draw the line at athletics just because uh, I think anything else would be too powerful. Yeah. And you have to be struck by lightning. Yeah. 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 Those are the rules. Them's the rule. I don't I don't no. write the rules. No. I just shoot them out of a head cannon. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to actually did you have anything else? No, that was it. Okay, now we're going to go into the next part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes. Recast, remake. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? What streaming platform would you want it to be on? You know, it can be anything. Maybe. I uh, (laughs) really like the idea of the sequel, and I haven't seen Like Mike 2. Um, which it doesn't seem like it follows Calvin. It, it's a different character altogether. Um, but I would like to follow the character of Calvin because he does have such a strategic mind. I would want to see him grown up and the coach of the Knights and have mm. his um, you know, his assistant coach be Murph, his friend. And so like the two of them have grown up uh, throughout the years and to uh to cast that i would have eddie murphy and rick moranis uh play those two and then they are yes. trying to find like the next michael jordan really they're they're have to save their team oh. through recruiting efforts and it's about inspiring others kind of like a money ball uh, uh run mm-hmm. but i think that would be a really fun follow-up really different tone probably um, especially with all the blood, <laughs> no, it's just yep, yeah, yep. hard R. Um, but no, I think it would be a, a really fun, uh, 
jump forward for these characters. And uh, I also toyed with the idea of, you know, you mentioned it has to be struck by lightning, these different uh, piece, articles of clothing and all that. I would have been interested if this was a series in different industries, possibly with different footwear, where people keep finding you know, articles of clothing of famous people and are imbued with their abilities. Because um, for a while, my headcanon was going to be, and still might be, uh, that the MJ didn't stand for Michael Jordan, that when he put on the shoes, those actually used to belong to Michael Jackson. And that's why he has such fancy footwork, which is confirmed in the blooper credit sequence when he does the dance. Yep. So I was like, oh, I would really like to see movies where that's that is the thing where you're like, this is this is the scarf of the Bee Gees or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. But it's kind of like the idea oh, they man. played with in uh, uh, Yesterday. Where it's like you have that oh, knowledge, yeah. uh, you're you're given this gift. Uh, can you still deliver even with you know everything at your fingertips? And I think it's all about that drive and determination uh, to do so. So there's tons yeah. that they can still do with this concept, um, but that idea of jumping forward with these characters to Eddie Murphy and Rick Moranis stuck with me yeah i honestly think that the 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 remake of this would be um it's on like lebron and um and it's basically the same thing except it's all about um lebron james and his uh his footwear that's what just what i think hollywood would pick mm. just you know based off of what they have done with space jam but yeah lebron in 60 <laughs> seconds yes and then it's just because I, I I I like that concept because I would love for them to do the same thing, but with uh, but I just it's just whoever your this kid's star is because I basically I didn't realize this walking into this review, but I realized I really want them to remake the jersey. That's what I want. That's just all I really need. Mm. Uh, but I would love to see a series mm. where they do have like Mike be like the pilot episode, but then it just goes on to be. Uh, maybe they even call it uh, fanfare, uh, and it's just all of these people who are fans of these artists or these musicians, and then they get this opportunity to like um, you know live their life or learn some kind of lesson through the experience of whatever piece of media that they have. Because I'm thinking like uh, it's like oh man, like I I want to be. Um, well, oh gosh, it just doesn't have a good rhyme scheme. Um, but um, I I wanted easel like Diesel, uh, and then they try to be Vin Diesel, and then they just um, they just realize that Vin Diesel is just a normal human being who is an actor, and he's like, oh well, I thought that they were they were this like big uh, like I, I thought it was dumb. Um, but like no, Vin Diesel is like this tortured artist who. What are the claims they're making about they just, Vin Diesel? Like they, they basically, it's, it basically it's just a humanist view of like how we uh, treat celebrities and like who they are as people, and everyone just kind of walks a mile in this person's yeah. jersey or shoes. Uh, kind of like Last Action Hero, where you yeah. have the two yeah sides. Of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So man, I mean, I would I would have never thought about the jersey again for the rest of my life if you hadn't brought it up. So thank I'm, you. I'm sure that's the case for 100 percent of listeners right now, or maybe even 100 percent of people. Who knows? I'm not a st- statistician. It's just I I don't count things. Uh, anything else on the recast remix side of things? Nah, man. <laughs> All right, now we are going to go into our final segment where we like to give you reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend The Jersey? No, uh, why would you recommend the 2002 movie Like Mike? I recommend Like Mike because it is uh, shockingly heartfelt and heartbreaking at the same time. Um, I felt like I was going to cry at least five times. I didn't. But I felt like I was going to. Um, And it's all about overcoming fear, uncertainty. And like I said, you immediately just gravitate towards the main character of Calvin. You want him to succeed. Uh, From the beginning when he stands up against the Jesse Plemons bully to the very end where he realizes that he can be more than just the shoes. So it... It has a lot of beats that you expect, a lot of beats that you really do not expect. We're like, this is shockingly dark um, for who I thought this movie was for. So it is. Uh, it does have surprises, but ultimately, I, I think it's just the heart that Lil Bow Wow put into this and the journey that Morris Chestnut's character goes through that those two stories together, it's a relationship that you want to keep watching. Um, and the, the basketball sequences are fun, but to me, what really makes this movie are those orphanage scenes, the scenes where, uh, the, the two main actors are bonding and on the road and all that. And so it has a lot of classic elements of what this, what I thought this movie was going to be, but in a way that I don't really think that I've seen before, uh, the closest that it comes to for me is like angels in the outfield Mm -hmm. where like, are we going to? split up am i going to be adopted does anybody want me and there's just like oh those heartbreaking stakes where this really is everything for these characters so for all those reasons i recommend like mike absolutely yeah like mike is very much so much like space jam to me like the more i watched it i was like this is space jam uh because i think because you're drawn to it (laughs) yes uh one of my favorite things about space jam is just the sheer audacity of its existence Uh, (laughs) because it's it's like this space jam shouldn't be a movie like it should not be a movie there's no there's there's nothing on there's no rhyme or reason for it to exist but yet it does and i think the world is better because of it and very similarly you look on paper you have this very popular teenage rapper who in a lot of his lyrics he talks about like being a basketball star and then someone imagines this movie up as like a kid who gets these magic shoes and is transported to another land it's wizard of oz i'm hearing it out loud it's wizard of oz Uh, but he but he invents this like basketball wizard of oz and then he's like well, what about that popular rapper kid? And then studios give the money. The NBA is behind it, and it exists. And it's just it's it's 
and it didn't have to be as sweet and sincere as it is, uh, even with as like just as bizarre of the premises. Uh, so I say that all with great affection because I think that that's some of the fun about movie making is seeing these ideas that are, you know, ideas and it all work together to tell a very sweet story about family, about believing in yourself, about bravery and about looking out for others. And that's uh, many of the that's some of the many reasons why I would recommend like Mike, because it is a surprisingly sweet movie, and uh, and even if you don't know anything about basketball, like me, uh, oh, like me, uh, then you will definitely enjoy Like Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Three points. Yay! There we go. Took I think, I think that's, I think that will carry us until the next Olympics. And that is our review of the 2002 American sports comedy, Like Mike. Let us know what you remember about Like Mike. It can be the commercial or it can be the movie. Either way, I'm sure the reviews will probably be about the same. Uh, and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Uh, on a scale of one to five room service orders, I'd say. Oh, yeah. The more, the yeah. better five-star restaurant it is it's not the best part of the movie but it is probably the best part of being famous according to calvin yeah through it all there was room service and be sure to tune in next time right here on the flashback flicks retro movie podcast until then remember to be kind and rewind